Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, April 14th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Rivian will make its own motors to speed up its factory flow. Lucid's production and deliveries fall. And the Jeep Wrangler's dominance of the plug-in hybrid market keeps growing. Plus, founder of the popular Fixed Ops Roundtable, Ted Ings, joins the show to talk about shining a light on automotive service and parts. Instead of having a few hundred people in a room, now there's thousands of people who watch this and, you know, untold thousands who watch it later, right? And, you know, it lives on and on and on. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Rivian is shifting to an internally developed electric drive unit to help boost factory throughput. The EV maker expects that the motor, which it calls Enduro, will expedite vehicle assembly and reduce costs as it plans its next generation of models. The automaker has been struggling with persistent supply chain shortages, including of microchips. A shortage of power semiconductors for the quad motors it currently uses, which are supplied by Bosch, is stifling output of the R1T pickup and the R1S crossover as customers wait months for their vehicles or cancel altogether. Rivian will use its Enduro drive unit in a two-motor design, one at the front and one at the rear. The Enduro motor is already being used in its commercial vans. Rivian isn't the only EV startup struggling with output. Those problems continue to dog Lucid in the first quarter, causing production and deliveries to drop compared with the last quarter in 2022. The luxury electric car maker says it produced 2,300 vehicles and delivered 1,400 in the quarter that ended on March 31st. That's lower than the 3,500 vehicles produced and 1,900 delivered in the December quarter. In addition to supply chain and logistic issues, Lucid also faced aggressive price cuts by Tesla, which may have lured consumers away from its luxury cars amid rising interest rates and high inflation. It took the Jeep Wrangler 4xe less than a year to climb to the top of the U.S. plug-in hybrid market in 2021, and it has remained there ever since. The model came to market later than other plug-in hybrids, but Jeep North America chief Jim Morrison says the extra preparation time is paying off. If you put JEP on something, it's got to be a really good 4x4. So it took us a little bit longer to get in the marketplace, but I think the overall acceptance of 4xe is driven by the fact that it's a really good Jeep. 4xe sales surged to more than 43,000 vehicles last year, representing nearly a quarter of all Wranglers. Jeep's entrenchment in the plug-in hybrid market has become even clearer this year. Wrangler 4xe sales increased 72% in the first quarter, representing 38% of the total for the nameplate. And it was joined at the top by another Jeep, the Grand Cherokee 4xe, which went on sale in late 2022. And Nissan is developing growth plans in areas such as software and electric vehicles independent of Renault. That's as the automakers work to finalize terms of a sharply limited alliance, according to seven people with knowledge of the matter who spoke with Reuters. The sources say Nissan is looking for a partner outside the auto industry to develop software that connects vehicles to cloud-based services. That would address a relative weakness for Nissan as it tries to make cars, quote, smarter and more connected. The automaker is also working on an expanded strategy for fully electric and plug-in hybrid cars for North American and Asian markets that will be for Nissan alone. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, 
We were just discussing the other day the relationship between automakers and outside tech developers, and it looks like Nissan may be taking that route. Do you think more automakers should lean that direction? You know, it really depends on on their strengths and, and their resources. You know, we're seeing Nissan do this, work with an outside partner. You know, that's a different strategy than some of its larger competitors, such as Toyota or Volkswagen, uh, but a little more like uh, their colleagues at, at Honda who are partnering with Sony on a, on a whole new offering. It is hard to do both. And Nissan, you know, still kind of recovering from the sudden exit of Carlos Ghosn is really needing to focus on you know, developing vehicles that will sell and getting their EVs into a profitable state to compete in this market and around the world. Gotcha. Coming up, Ted Ings of the Fixed Ops Roundtable joins the show. That's next on Daily Drive. Hi, I'm Pete Bigelow, host of Shift, a podcast about mobility from Automotive News. Each week, I bring you a conversation with leaders who are on the cutting edge of transportation, like this one with consultant and strategist Salika Josiah Talbot. The technologists are forcing themselves in a space that they shouldn't be. And I think the social scientists and politicians are falling down on the job. To hear more about the new technology and policy reshaping the way people and goods move around, join me on Shift. New episodes each Sunday on autonews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The first Fixed Ops Roundtable was a small gathering of service and parts professionals in the conference room of Ted Ng's Manhattan office. The pandemic forced the in-person events online, though Ings recently announced plans for occasional pop-up events live-streamed from dealership service departments. This May, Ings' 20th roundtable will feature four days of interviews, panel discussions, and insights into the latest trends in service. Ings spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine about the evolution of the Fixed Ops Roundtable and his excitement about branching out to pop-up events. Ted, great to have you with us today. Great. Uh, Dan, great to be here. Great to see you. And, uh, you know, congratulations on all the success that you and Autobot News are having as well. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to turn the table on you a little bit. You are usually the one asking questions, so I guess ask a few questions of you. You've, you've been in the service business a long time as a service manager, as a consultant, a trainer. How did the idea for this kind of the fixed house roundtable begin? Good question. I've been in retail 42 years ago I started, all right? as a salesperson in uh, Fetty Ford, New Jersey, and I started off on the front end of the dealership. Four years ago, I decided since I've had a training company now for over 30 years that I would do a little get together and I decided to do it on fixed operations, Dan, uh, and bring together some, you know, some good minds from retail. And actually I had, I had thought about it for a couple of years and I procrastinated it on doing it. I have a, an office in Manhattan. And I have a boardroom and I wasn't using the boardroom. And some people said, you know, that's a nice room, you know, with a nice view. Why don't you bring some people in there and have a meeting there? And I said, well, I'm thinking of doing it on fixed ops, but I don't know if anybody will show up. So finally, I in 2019, I said, let's, it was like a week before Memorial Day. I said, let's have a fixed operations roundtable. And I invited some people to come and that was how it started. Wow. From those humble beginnings, now we're two, three, four days of, of uh, full days of content now. Uh, you have the next one coming up in May, which is going to be four days worth. May 15th through the 18th, yes, Dan, four days, uh, Fixed Ops Roundtable number 20, our 20th event. It'll be about the four-year anniversary, and uh, 
they all have themes now. This one is back to the '80s, so uh, we're having fun with the themes. It keeps it it keeps it fresh and relevant. And you know, we also want to attract into fixed ops. You know, a younger audience. We want to attract a lot of people from retail, not just men but women as well. And uh, you know, those those are all important topics. So who comes up with these themes now? Because they're they're they seem very fun. I don't know if it's uh, you. You have a little committee, or are people uh, recommend them. How do you how do you come up with these different themes? It's not me. It's if it was up to me, I was. I think I saw you at the one in Las Vegas, and that was event number four. And so, if it was up to me, this would be number five, six, seven, eight. That was my idea of a theme. But Michelle McLean uh, is our our branding. Uh, expert, if you will, our branding guru. And we went to Vegas. She said, let's call that one. This was in February of 2020, right before the world changed. And she said, let's call that Viva Las Vegas. And I said, that's such a silly, that's such a silly theme. I don't think anybody will, will buy that. And she said, let's go with it. And it, that was the first one. And then, you know, slowly then we went to the virtual format. Not long after that, our next one was called, uh, the virtual event. We thought there was only going to be one, Dan, in April of 2020. <laughs> right. Here we are. Um, and you told me, how, how long will it take you? So you've, you have four days of content that you'll we'll have. How many weeks does it take for you to tape, record, or, you know, film all those interviews? It takes 18 weeks to put on a four-day fixed ops roundtable. And that's simply because there's a lot of moving parts, right? We have a lot of speakers. We have to get them to agree to speak, get a topic. Uh, we have about 40 panels, okay, at the event. That'll be the most we've ever had. And uh, we were doing three days all last year, and we were maxed out on the three days. And I was ending up like, gee, I hope we could fit it all in. And like, there would end up being like an extra half day of content. So I felt we were ready in January. And we did, uh, during the Wild West event, we did our first four-day event, and it was a big success. So now we're going to keep it at four days. Uh, we did an event last fall. We called it the Roaring Twenties, and I never would have thought that it would have the popularity it did. That was probably the biggest event, one of the biggest events we've ever done. And uh, so the themes worked, and the the you know, the number of days, and people wanted to talk about not just service stand, but now parts is a big part of it, body shop, and now reconditioning has come in. And now with EVs, as you know, huge topic, F&I has come in with uh, you know, a number of their products and working together with the sales and service and parts department. So F&I is a big part of the Fixed Ops Roundtable. So you've been in the business a long time. You know a lot of people, but you don't know that many people. How do you find everybody? Do you, I'm, I'm guessing that you have friends who say, hey, this person's you know, really smart. You ought to have this person on. Is that how you kind of find and kind of round up that whole lineup of four days? Exactly. I went initially to people I knew, like Fred Beans was one of our keynote speakers early on. He's been back many times, and his his daughter Beth has just did a panel last year. The Women of Beans, uh, Brian Benstock, uh, you know, also a, a client for many many years and a good friend, and he came to us in November of 2019 about a a new thing called service pickup and delivery, and wanted to show us the heat map. And we didn't know in November of 2019 it would be so timely just a few months later. So initially, that's what it was. And then it was referrals, people, uh, you know, some who I knew, some who knew people that spoke. But I've also had people come to me randomly. Uh, I've had phone calls from people who say, look, I want to speak on the roundtable. And in many cases, then I didn't know who they were. And then I had to 
researched it and I said, oh, yes, that's somebody we want to have speak. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I know that the the virtual is is a great thing it's easy you can you know record it and, and uh, do you miss the in-person events at all well you know everybody wants the human element right the you know the connectivity you know being able to you shake somebody's hand look them in the eye everybody likes that uh and to be able to ask questions in person well i think we're going to be able to satisfy some of that niche uh and keep it retail we're going to introduce something new in may starting on may 11th uh this is the first time we're talking about it we're going to introduce Fixed Ops Roundtable pop-up events, and we're going to do them around the country at high-profile dealerships, and we're going to interview the staff and the people who make it happen at the dealership. So we've we've built a uh, a morning show set, like a TV set, if you will, and uh, Cara Delane, who has worked with me part-time now for going on almost three years, uh, she came aboard full-time March 1st of 2023, and uh, she agreed to be the, the host of all these pop-ups and, uh, you know, now I'm going to be there as well. So we'll have two hosts and uh, we're going to get to go in store and meet a lot of people. And the idea is that we want to promote the retail side, of course, Dan, and, and also promote the events that are coming up right behind it. That'll still be virtual. Think it'll be with me live stream, correct? We're going to live stream it. Yeah. So the audience will be mostly online. That's where the action is, right? Um, you know, people watching, as you know, you know, you can't believe some of the people who watch these events and instead of having a few hundred people in a room now there's thousands of people who watch this and you know untold thousands who watch it later right and you know it lives on and on and on so um it's a good combination and we also have a show two nights a week on monday nights and wednesday nights uh called after dark at the fixed ops round table and that's been a big hit we went from one night to two nights cara delane also uh hosts that with me and we have the podcast as well we I think we've had 118 episodes so far of the podcast. So that's uh, a, a pretty long running fixed ops podcast. So, and you sleep when? Exactly right. So, those 18 weeks that it takes, Dan, I do this, you know, we have a small team. There's maybe seven of us who are involved. This is seven days a week to put all this on. It's a lot of moving parts, but it's, it's also gratifying and it's a lot of fun. And we've raised some money for charity over the past couple of years. So, we've given back. And, you know, we've had our dealers give back and our, you know, people who have been involved on the, on the vendor side as well. Ted Ings is the founder and host of the Fixed Ops Roundtable. He spoke with our own Dan Shine on this week's Automotive News Service and Parts Newsletter. You can sign up for the newsletter at autonews.com. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Vince Bond Jr. and Lawrence Iliff for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on service and parts, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for my conversation with Diana Lee, co-founder and CEO of Constellation, an ad tech startup that recently closed on a $15 million round of financing. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.